Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. We thought this would be a good time to follow up on something we've talked about several times now on Western New York Catholic Weekly, the joy of the gospel. Of course, you know the document from uh, Pope Francis, but uh, also it was the basis for a uh, conference last July, and uh, they brought leaders uh, from dioceses all over the United States to um, talk about how we can better uh, evangelize and be a better church for the people that we serve. And uh, we're going to remind you all about that today. Um, our Two of our guests are not going to be any strangers to you. It is Dennis Mahaney and Mary Beth Coates from the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. And uh, Dennis, of course, uh, the, the Director of Evangelization for the Diocese of Buffalo. Welcome back to the program. Hey, Greg. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, a different voice with us today, joining us from Catholic Health. Bart Rodriguez is the uh, Senior Vice President for Mission Integration at Catholic Health. Uh, Bart, welcome to the program. Thank you. Do you want to explain to people what that means, first of all, um, Vice President of Mission Integration? My role within Catholic Health is to advance the mission and ministry of the church. So it's 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 something similar like we have Mary Beth and Dennis do it at this diocese. It's almost similar. Okay. And I'm sure we're going to hear more about how that plays out with regard to Joy of the Gospel as we go today. But Dennis, um, let's remind people, tell us about the conference, its relationship to the document, all those kinds of things. Sure. The uh, call of Pope Francis was that the church would gather and talk about ways that we could respond to his call about the Joy of the Gospel. So this conference was, of course, called the Joy of the Gospel in America. And we came back, and this is a group of about almost 20 of us from this diocese. And these were, uh, these were missionary leaders and uh, local innovators, so in various parishes and things, as well as a few diocesan uh, staff members. We came back and talked about what would the joy of the gospel look like in western New York. So we uh, looked again at the document, uh, the, the Pope's document, and then we developed priorities. And then from those priorities, we then created what we thought were uh, designs of, of probable uh, plans of action. Okay, so let's be a little more specific. First of all, let me just let me just go back because, and I know we talked about this the last time that you were there, but just so it's fresh in our minds, what were the things that the conference was concerned about? I mean, what was kind of the structure and format of that? Well, they, again, it was a convocation of people out right. there doing it, right. right? And it was, well, I mean, the document... Sounds wonderful. Sure. How do we how do we bring that to life? So the Pope talks about reaching out to the periphery and he you know, so who who's who's disaffected? How is the church meeting the needs of the people furthest from us? And how do we accompany people who are in less than regular situations, right? There's a lot of people who are who are in irregular in their participation in parishes. So how do we become a church that's for them as well, for the outsiders as well as for the insiders? Were, was there an expectation at that time that um, you were going to do something, that there was going to be a, let's say, specific outcome in each diocese that was similar? That was the hope. Okay. You're right. I, and yeah. other, and um, in some dioceses, it was a one-off. Okay. Um, in our diocese, we made a commitment to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so let's talk about that. So, what 
what was the plan that, that you developed and what were the th- areas that uh, you felt were prime concern that we needed to move forward with here? We, um, in fact, at the beginning of the plan that we presented to the bishop for his approval last month, we uh, quoted the document, which is the Joy of the Gospel, Evangelii Gaudium. And item number 27 specifically says the Pope Francis has a dream that we would have a missionary option, a missionary impulse, if you would, that would transform everything, our customs, our structures, the way we do business, how we schedule our time, our application of resources, so that we would be a church that would be about uh, channeling our energies in an evangelizing thrust, if you will. So not just about maintenance, but about mission, not just about insiders, but outsiders. So we would have that focus that we believe would also renew the church itself. I think last time you mentioned when when you were on, so there were three main areas or thrusts of this, right? Yes, three priorities. Yeah, yeah. So, So what are those? Those three are, first of all, this the sense that we need to listen again. We need to be in a stance of listening, especially at the periphery. We've kind of grown. There's a distance that's grown between us and people that no longer participate, people who we, we're, we weren't built to serve very well because we're in an emergent culture. A lot of things are changing. A lot of people are uh, managing their lives via devices, and parishes are not known to have very, you know, sophisticated IT uh, extensions. Like, like the host in the studio that pretty much does everything on one of those devices. Exactly, yeah, right. and so do, and the younger people are, the more <laughs> sure. likely yeah, they are right, to right. mediate everything <laughs> about their lives through devices. So listening, listening to the folks that we don't typically listen to, right? We've become kind of a consumer Catholic organization. The people that come to us, we're attentive to, and we've, we've realized that the people furthest from us or who are leaving uh, our presence, we aren't listening as much okay. to them. Okay. The second is that we would need to um, begin to train our leaders better because our leaders have not been trained for evangelization. We're really victims of our own success in, in my generation and before. So we, again, we attend to the people who come to us. They know what they want from us. We know how to provide it. But we're not really geared to outreach. We're not, you know, evangelization is almost the E-word for people in my generation and beyond We don't know what that is. We think of it as proselytizing. We think of it as other things rather than really being so overwhelmed with the power of the gospel and so grateful for the work of God in our own lives that we want to live lives of conspicuous witness. We want to share that. And our leaders aren't even that. I mean, they were very well trained in some cases. But how do you mentor someone in joy, in the joy of the gospel? Well, we don't have a program for that. We don't have a, a machine, a tool. Uh, so we want to talk about how do we put people in contact with people who are very joyful in their witness to the gospel. So how, how do you build that into the system, right, into the way we train leaders? And then the uh, third is this notion that we, we can get courageous. We can get creative. We can get crazy. Jesus was a border walker and a boundary crosser. He was yeah. kind of thought to be crazy. We can get creative. We can be innovative. We can, so we talked about an incubator. What if we did collect some of the people that have the craziest ideas about how to live our faith in conspicuous ways? How do we enable them to uh, generate some great new stuff in an emergent culture? 
Dennis Mahaney is director of evangelization for the Diocese of Buffalo. And uh, as we talk about uh, the joy of the gospel and uh, particularly joy of the gospel in America, the conference last year and how it plays out, joining Dennis is Mary Beth Coates, our director of lifelong formation in the diocese, and Bart Rodriguez, who is senior vice president at uh, Catholic Health for Mission Integration. Um, that first priority that, that Dennis talked about, Bart, um, sounds like you're the perfect guy to kind of address that, right? That, that sounds like that's what your that's role right. would be yeah. with Catholic Health. Um, Dennis talked about listening to the peripheries uh, at this convocation and the United States Catholic Conference of Bishops talked about specific groups, those on the peripheries, um, and they identified those groups on the margins, margins or on the peripheries, the unchurched, people who are divorced, the poor and the vulnerable, people in prisons, people who, are, who may be Hispanics or refugees, people who are abused, the elderly, those with addictions, and those with special needs. Um, so, um, so there's a special invitation to sort of listen to people on the margins or groups on the margins. Um, um, so there's a tremendous opportunity and there are organizations, both Catholic and other than Catholic, already working on the peripheries, uh, working with people who are marginalized. For example, Catholic Health, um, uh, an organization highly committed to the mission of the church to advance the mission, does community needs assessment every three years. Um, so it listens to people, uh, all the groups that we have identified here, people on the margins, people on the peripheries, so besides Catholic Health, there are other organizations, uh, both Catholic and other than Catholic, already working on the peripheries. I think it would be good uh, to convene all these organizations to come together and learn from each other. Um, uh, like in the Diocese of Buffalo, we have uh, Catholic Health as one of the organizations. We have Gerard Place, St. Vincent de Paul, Catholic Charities, to name a few. And there are numerous other organizations. I think one of the priorities for this diocese is to convene these organizations, uh, both Catholic and other than Catholic, and community-based organization, just to sort of learn from each other and to, and to uh, identify what's going well, what can be improved, what can be strengthened, so that we can better meet the needs of those on the peripheries. Well, I would think that... Um you know, Catholic Health brings a lot to the table in regard to this because you mentioned you constantly have to kind of be taking the pulse of the community and uh, literally and figuratively <laughs> because, you, um, you know, not only are you providing health care, but um, we talk about this with Catholic Charities all the time. And, of course, you mentioned that's one of the organizations that, that's, that's right. out there doing this work. So, and, and, by the way, none of this is any – Surprised anybody who listens to this program regularly because that's, right. that's a huge part of the things that we talk about. And but but I'll I'll bet in many ways you guys already know. Okay, look, we're seeing this, this, and this in the community, and we may need to make better efforts in that area. Do you see things playing out that way a lot of the time? Yeah, we ha- we uh, we uh, we uh, we are able to identify here are the needs. But one of the important things that Catholic Health has to go through is to go through a discernment process. 
so we we have a discernment process within Catholic Health how to truly identify and come up with priorities. Not all the needs within the community can be met. So we go through a robust discernment process, and we also engage the community to help us prioritize what are needs uh, what are the needs that we we need to be able to do this year perhaps next year and we prioritize those needs people say that you know buffalo basically is the biggest small town in america everybody kind of knows everybody we've got a lot of of agencies that work together i i can just say for example on the media Mm-hmm. And when we deal with the TV stations, radio stations, etc., there's more a sense of camaraderie than competition in terms of how we operate. And I imagine that's also true in, in your field of work. There are obviously Catholic Health has strengths. There are times when, let's say, Kaleida might mm-hmm. be a better fit for whatever the, the situation may be. There are times when you go, boy, you really should talk to Catholic Charities, for example, about that's right. this program or – or whatever else. Um, how does that? How does that work? In uh, because I think this is kind of a, a good example of this one area that we're talking about. I imagine, right out of those twenty um, folks who were involved with with the Joy of the Gospel Conference, Dennis. Um, what Catholic Health is doing is probably kind of what you expect is going to happen in all areas, right? Yeah, in fact, that's one of the reasons why we invited Bart <laughs> and some others. Is they're already expert in the disciplines that we need to apply to faith, moving faith forward and outreach. Yeah, so he's one of those experts. Uh, so, I mean, how is the things that you talked about in this in this group with Joy of the Gospel playing out now at Catholic Health. At Catholic Health, there we have uh, Catholic Health cannot do it alone. Yeah. We have number of partnerships and collaborations with with organizations uh, in the community. So, um, uh, like right now, we are working with Neighborhood Legal Services. We are working with Buffalo City Mission. There are a number of charities that we partner with. Um, and many of these organizations, both Catholic and other than Catholic, are already working uh, with these groups in the community. So partnerships, collaborations, and even competition is a good thing. So uh, the important thing to note is collaboration is a key, partnership is a key, and even a healthy competition is not bad. I think it's welcome, and we welcome that. So it it can only help us uh, improve uh, our, our mission, and uh, and we can be much more uh, efficient. We can be much more. Uh, it can be a challenge, so that we can strengthen and advance um, the quality of the work that we do. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to continue with those other two points with regard to. Um, this notion of joy of the gospel and, and how we uh, are better evangelizers here in Western New York. Uh, we'll be right back here on Western New York Catholic Weekly. With all the voices around us, how do we tune in the most important voice, the voice of truth, of comfort and compassion, the voice of peace? Hi, I'm Father Jim Vacco for the Catholic Communication Campaign. You can help make that voice stand out through programs like Our Daily Bread and the Daybreak TV YouTube channel, through radio programs and podcasts in the Western New York Catholic and online with Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Support the Catholic Communication Campaign in your parish June 9th and 10th. Thank you. 
The July issue of the Western New York Catholic is now available in your local parish. I'm Greg Prince. Thank you for joining us this week on Western New York Catholic Weekly. And we are talking about uh, following up on Joy of the Gospel in America, which, is, of course, uh, is related to the uh, Pope Francis document on Joy of the Gospel and uh, a group of, of Catholic leaders that participated in a conference last July, uh, uh, returning to talk about the, the this effort in our diocese are Dennis Mahaney and Mary Beth Coates and also joining them Bart Rodriguez who is with Catholic Health. That next component is kind of the leadership role within this whole idea and how we uh, address that. My design team wanna... actually worked on the leadership oh, all right. pieces and uh, so pastoral leadership development is that is that kind of lacuna, right, that gap. We have people that are great Catholics and they're really committed to their parish. And but if you if you give them the questions and the challenge that Bard gave them, they wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> so uh, we have a couple of, as as he said, a couple of interesting beginnings. Catholic Urban Outreach Network. There are some organizations like Harvest House and St. Luke's Mission of Mercy. But the ways that people who do have a gift for this have st- kind of striking out on their own. But we have a lot of people good at what they do, but it's pretty limited. It's pretty parochial. It's either by their discipline, their ministry, their activity, or the frame of reference for it. And one of the ways is that they've learned how to do what they do because uh, their pastor perhaps asked them to do something, to step up further. Right? We all stepped up, and then we stepped up, and then we stepped up, and we got to where we are. Uh, but are we joyful about that? Are, are we conspicuous in that we're, we like what we're doing? We actually feel that God has called us to this and God is enriching our lives by what we're doing. And that people who are watching us know that. I, I, there are people out there that you do know that from a lot of these organizations. Sister Jonas from Response to Love, Cheryl at the, you know, with the, either Mother Teresa House. The, there are people who you, as soon as you meet them, you get it. They love doing this. This this benefits them. They're in it for themselves almost, it seems like. So how do you how do you get that across to people who have learned how, but they've never learned how to seize the joy of the gospel? So a couple, we want to do this in a couple of ways. We want to put them in a position where they can rub elbows with these kinds of folks. We want to invite them to interview these folks. Whether they're preparing for ministry, so maybe they're taking courses at the seminary and they're hoping to be in charge of something at their parish one day. Maybe they're a catechist who might be the coordinator and faith formation director one day. But we want to spark that joy in them so that they aren't just doing something. They're actually spreading the good news. So um, so that's one piece of it. We, we're going to be working with them and with some of these conspicuous witnesses uh, who are Catholics in our in our community. We also want to create an online resource center. Okay, so this would be uh, for parishes that might come at evangelization from one of three different ways. For example, there might be some parishes out there that do all kinds of things great, but they don't have they don't feel like they have an evangelizing bone in their body. So they need to start somewhere. So we're going to have a set of resources geared for like a jump start, if you will, for parishes that just want to do something to begin to get their feet wet and to get to familiar. So we're going to create a set of resources that would both be plug and play, that would be adaptable to a lot of people, do it yourself so they don't have to have somebody, you know, doing it with them, but also ones where they learn intuitively how to do this by doing this. 
So some of the will have a disciple builder section online where they can take the resources and capacities that they already do have and think about what would be the next growing edge? What else could we do that would advance our moving forward and maybe get us beyond the congregation, beyond the campus, beyond the weekend? So, so we'll have a set of resources for those middle, you know, middling capable parishes that are doing some things, maybe have some staff, but want to empower other people to be more part of the mission. And then we're going to have some of the, you know, really creative things, like hopefully some of the things the incubators folks will come up with that are the parishes who really want to move it past uh, normal stuff and really do some really eventful and very significant and impacting things with their parish. They are doing a lot of great stuff, and they really want to take it to the next level. So we're going to have some particular resources that help them figure out what that is. Uh, that that's good. I'm 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 glad that uh, that you brought up all those distinctions. Yeah, because the thing I was thinking of, Mary Beth, is that kind of first little part that that Dennis was thinking of. We can't really do these things if we don't have people who are mm-hmm. trained to do these things, right? That is for sure. That's right. Uh, the balance of who we're called to be as the baptized and bringing that responsibility forward, but yet being equipped with not only skills but the right frame of reference, those those things have to, you know, be more intentional. And I think that the uh, one of the invitations in the joy of the gospel is to be more intentional, not just with the things we do, but the why, um, the why we're doing what we do. So, um, you know, I think the opportunity to analyze and assess and improve on the things that we're already doing um, is absolutely, you know, needed in this day and age. But another element of our creative process is how do we figure out what to do when we haven't even thought of what it is we could do? Uh, Right, exactly. Going back to some of Bart's points earlier. Oh, they're telling us this. We've never thought of that before. Right, right. right. So, you know, one of our our planning groups from this commission – uh, pr- uh, promoted this vision of um, a, um, an evangelization incubator. You know, how do we get at some of these innovative ideas that are so innovative we haven't even thought of them yet? And where do we create space in- to be able to cultivate that creative thinking and give people permission, I guess, to to think that way? Um, maybe it's part of our own Catholic culture or maybe even our American way of thinking. We tend to stick pretty much in a particular lane and um, even within some of the new ideas we have, they're still within a pretty narrow way of looking at things for the people who are already kind of among us. But how do we reach, you know, the younger generation, you know, it's uh, the millennials who aren't so young anymore, the iGen or Gen Z who are, you know, the emerging, uh, you know, older adolescents, you know, how do we really meet their needs and I don't think that it's necessarily the way to go to presume that anyone on the inside knows for sure how to reach those who aren't yet on the inside. So I'm not going to say on the outside, but so to create space. So the idea of an incubator in which, you know, uh, being God's will and God's invitation for people of all generations to utilize that opportunity and um, think outside the box and not feel restrained by structure um, and other things that might uh, curb our own creative energy. So I don't. So it's an idea without really a lot of specificity because that's the point. Well, I you know I was I laugh a little bit because um, 
if we all knew on the inside how to do all this stuff, we probably wouldn't have needed a conference like this, well, right? That is so I for mean, sure. right? So, uh, now, so it's it's a matter of not knowing what we don't know, but it's also not about knowing in our heads, right? It's yeah, it's really engaging our hearts and the relationship, and that doesn't always look like a program. Um, which we tend to lean on. We lean on the idea of a program um, which have their place and are important to utilize. And yet there's this other unknown, you know, the, the emerging reality for who we are as the church in western New York for the coming century. Well, and, and you know, Dennis kind of hinted at the, at the beginning, even, you know, culturally. Um, for example, the example he gave, technology, you know, people are connected Right. In different ways to each other now than we ever have been in the past. And a lot of this is affecting, right, your day-to-day work in terms of curriculum, both with our, our lay leadership and, like, in parishes. How right. do we perform lifelong faith formation and what that means? And I, and I say all the time, you know, that, um, you know, th- this diocese, and I've been here a long time now, um, was really forward-thinking in terms of, Knowing we needed a good core of lay leaders and and knowing that um, the needs were changing and that there was, you know, in addition to just our typical religious education programs or whatever, more adults were interested in learning more of that, all those kinds of things. How's that playing out now in in terms of lifelong faith formation? Well, I think uh, the, the interesting piece of, yeah, we've, we have a history in this diocese of being innovative and on the cutting edge. And then there's a point where those of us, if I could be, you know, bold in saying, including myself in that us, when we realize we have to keep moving forward. What was innovative 10, 15, 20 years ago needs to keep growing and changing. And so over the last three years, um, we have been engaged with Bishop Malone's permission and support in developing and now um, implementing a new faith formation curriculum that includes a broader vision of what does it mean to um, hand on the faith um, in a world where religious practice has decreased, where family involvement um, is, is, is very, very low. And so we emphasize, in addition to uh, authentically Catholic content, but we emphasize a framework that engages families in very specific ways and has a vision of evangelizing and catechizing. So these two pieces, these big churchy words, which are reaching out and developing relationships and learning about Jesus through one another. And because we have met Jesus in one another, we want to know everything we could possibly know. And so the evangelizing and the catechizing, the each side of the same coin go hand in hand. And that's... Um, we're just completing um, what I would call the first year of our parishes stepping into this um, this new curriculum of forming disciples. Uh, Dennis, to kind of bring this all together, um, if, if we had to kind of um, uh, and you know, um, I, I, I tell people. I'm I'm not a goals guy. I don't relate to things in that way. I'm a needs guy. What's the need, and how do we meet? The need, but for the sake of this program, if we had to sum up maybe the one thing that that we wanted want to happen going forward, what would that be? Well, I, I think it all comes down to the the maxim that it's not about doing more things or doing things right; it's about doing the right things. 
So we're in an emergent culture, and we need to start paying attention to the world around us. Ever since Second Vatican, right, we've been saying this out loud. Uh, and then we need to start responding. Jesus was responsive in his evangelization. He did not come with a playbook. He came with a love of God for people, and he invited people and equipped them to be ambassadors of God's mercy. That's what we're called to do. I think that's a perfect place to end here on our program today. Although in each area, there's probably we we'll probably do another show just with each of you about you know these things and and, and uh, you know what they're all going to mean going forward. We've been talking about the joy of the gospel in America and how that's going to play out here in the diocese of Buffalo. Dennis Mahaney, uh, Mary Beth Coates from our Office of Lifelong Faith Formation and from our uh, evangelization office here in the Diocese of Buffalo, and also Bart Rodriguez from Mission Integration at Catholic Health. Thank you all for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Best of luck moving forward. Um, we'll continue. We ask our listeners uh, uh, to continue to pray for you in the in the work that Thank you're doing, you. as Thank as you. we we pray for uh, uh, all of uh, all the folks out there, and uh, and uh, yeah, for you listening to this program today. Uh, if you want to hear what we talked about previously on these, all of our podcasts are available. Uh, go to the namesake of this program, wnycatholic.org slash radio. It's also at buffalodiocese.org slash radio. And uh, if you search back through there, you will uh, hear Dennis and Mary Beth on previous programs addressing some of these things. And uh, if maybe there's something you missed today, you want to hear it again, please go do that. And of course, at buffalodiocese.org, um, you're going to find all of the things that Mary Beth and Dennis talked about on there. And uh, um, I'm not going to forget you, Bart, chsbuffalo.org for the uh, for Catholic Health. Uh, and uh, if they look up Mission Integration, I'm sure you're on there too, right? Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll be back with you next week here on Western New York Catholic Weekly. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744. Or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org.